This episode is brought to you by Delta Airlines. One of the most underrated parts of a trip is that flight home. And that's why Delta Airlines tries to make you feel at home long before you even get there. Now, for somebody like me that's a homebody, feeling at home in the air is very valuable to me. And I love to curate that comfortable experience. And what I love about Delta is they have over a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment. They have Wi-Fi so I can do anything else that I want to do on my devices. They have great food and drink, and it just creates a positive end to my trip. They have fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members, more than a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment, and they have premium food options and beverages like herbal teas, cold brew, sparkling wine, and more. All of the comforts that you'll find at home, you can find in a flight experience that feels made just for you. You may not be home yet, but Delta Airlines helps you feel a little bit more like it. Delta Airlines believes that you should feel at home, even if you're 30,000 feet above it. Learn more at Delta.com. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. So as I was preparing for today's episode, I felt like God wanted me to share this particular message from the tour with you guys. And um, originally we had the recordings up for sale, but I believe that a lot of the messages that um, he had me speak in each city were meant for this audience as well. And so um, I actually pulled it down because I really want to share these with you guys. Make sure that you're subscribed to me on YouTube at Tatum Tamia because um, I'm going to be releasing the videos, the different clips um, from my portions of the tour on my YouTube channel. Um, but for now, I wanted to give you guys this audio. We're getting to the end of the year. We're getting to the holiday season. Um, and I just believe that there are a lot of people who are really believing in God for some financial things. And this is what we talked about in Chicago. We, the title of the message was Poverty Breakers. And I believe that there are a lot of poverty breakers who listen to this podcast. And so I just felt the need to really put this episode or put this message out. So um, we're going to get right into it. Um, this is Poverty Breakers by myself at the God Is My CEO Tour Chicago. Let's do it. Work hard for what you want in life. You work hard for what you want in life. That, that, that your word is your bond, that you do what you say you're going to do. That your word is your bond, and you do what you say. That you treat people with dignity and respect. That you treat, 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 treat people with respect. Reach of your dreams and your willingness to work hard. So when I was praying about what the message was, it was so crazy. Like I had this dream a couple weeks ago and it was like a mess. Like it was just a whole mess. And I wasn't sure like what it meant. I was like, well, God, am I supposed to go to Chicago? Like, am I supposed to stay home? Like, it was, am I, do I have to cancel, give everybody money back? Like, how is this supposed to work? Like, what's going on? I didn't have my message yet. I was hockey panicking. Like, what am I going to do? And so um, I got confirmation to go. And then God also told me, like, you know, you have to do some work. There's like this spirit of poverty over this area and there's some people some things I want to do through the people that's there like it's some places I've called them to with some financial highs that I've called them to but it's a spirit of poverty in that place so go in there and you got work to do 
And I was like, I already met. And so it kind of reminded me of what Kavaya was saying about just that heavy feeling. And I believe just talking about money and the spirit of poverty is another layer that we're going to be able to break off today. So y'all got something to take notes with. We're going to really go in. <laughs> y'all are like, yes. That's like a conversation. So um, when I was praying, God gave me the specific message. He said that and the title of my message is Poverty Breakers, because I believe that that's what every one of you guys are in this room. There's no coincidence that this stock was smallest as far as numbers are concerned. And that excited me because when I was like going through and like putting everything together, I'm like, yes, it's less people. That means it's God handpicked some folks to be in here. That means it's some specific people in this area that we need to talk to. And that's what I like. Because that means that if I do my job, if we do our job, then you're able to walk out here and then you'll be in rooms with people and you'll be able to do some things in your family. So I'm excited. When I was praying about this, God said, my people are trapped in a cycle of lack. A pit. Matter of fact, let me rewind because I didn't pray. So let me go ahead and pray and I'm going to get into what God said. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for today. I thank you for yet another opportunity to stand in front of your people, Lord God. I thank you that I didn't have to be qualified for you to use me, but I just had to say yes to the call. So I thank you, Father, for the power of the yes, for what you're going to do in the lives of the people in this room, Lord God. I thank you for the things that have already been broken off, for the layers that you've already broken off, the, the shell that you've already broken off of their heart, Lord God. And I thank you for the way that the fact that that, that shell shall never come back, Lord God. I thank you that this message is simply the grand finale for what you have already done, Lord. And I just thank you that nobody will leave this place the same way that they came, that they will leave this place and be poverty breakers, be generational blessing makers, that every generational curse that has made it to them shall stop in the name of Jesus. And instead, they will open doors of generational blessings in their bloodline, Lord God. I thank you that as a result of them coming today, that their children's children will be blessed, that their businesses will be blessed, that new opportunities are coming their way as I speak, that their finances will be blessed, that they will be better stewards over what you have given them so they're able to multiply themselves like never before, able to multiply their finances like never before. No longer will they have a, a, a lack in any sense in resources and finances and relationships and anything, Lord God. I thank you that these are people of abundance. I thank you that these are people of abundance, God. These are people that are whole and whole and free, Lord God. And Father, I just ask that you just speak through me today. I decrease myself so that you may be increased in me. Allow every word I speak, every breath I take to be initiated by you, Lord God. I surrender my thoughts, my intentions, my notes, everything that I have, and I ask you to have your way. I humbly bow down before you, God. I want to with I want you to just use me like never before withholding nothing, Lord God. I humble myself. I bow down to you. Do not let anything Tatum-inspired come out of my mouth, God, but only Holy Spirit. I surrender my thoughts, my perspectives, my opinions, anything, God, and I want you to be used, to you to be shown through me like never before. Use me like never before, Lord God. You handpicked every person that is in this room, Father. You kept people out of this room who didn't need to be here, Lord. So, Father, I pray that you show us why, that you use me in this message, God, to show us why, Lord, and that your people will walk away with everything that they even could even ask for or think from this event, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so uh, to the word. 
God said, my people are trapped in a cycle of lack, a pit of not having enough. But tell them that they are, if they are in this room, they are a poverty breaker. Tell them that they have everything that they need right now to change the tide of their bloodline. That lack shall be a thing of the past and abundance has their name on it. But it starts with the mindset. The enemy keeps them captive by wreaking havoc on their mind. They need to walk by faith with the mindset of wealth. Speaking back to every thought that rises up against what I say about them, they must distance themselves from every person and situation that pulls them back into lack. Wealth isn't about the dollar amount. It's about the habits, the details, the commitment to taking care of what I've given them and using that to produce abundance. And the only way to break poverty and to produce wealth is through me. And so I was like, okay, I mean, I guess we're going there today. We're going to be talking about poverty and money. So I was like, well, God, we know it's property breakers in the room. So what are we going to do? You know, we, we want to be people of action. We don't want to just be hearers of the word. We want to be doers of the word. And so he gave me four keys that I'm going to give you, or we're going to talk about unlocking wealth and breaking poverty off of your bloodline. Y'all cool with that? Yes. Okay, back. So point number one is you have to love God and not money. I'm going to say that one more time. You have to love God and not money. <laughs> bless you. Everybody like, bless you, girl. <laughs> you will never get wealthy by chasing money. You will only get wealthy by chasing God. Deuteronomy 8.18 says that he gives us the power to produce wealth. He gives us the power to produce wealth wealth. In order for you to produce wealth in your life, it has to come from God. It's not going to come from money. It's not going to come from people. It's not going to come from that opportunity that you've been uh, crossing your fingers for. It's only going to come from God. But where a lot of us mess up is we need a mindset shift. I think a lot of us, it's not intentional, but we unintentionally make the success and the, the business and the money an idol. Anything that you put before God is an idol. Your desire to have platforms becomes an idol if it outweighs your desire to please God. And so some of us, you may be like, well, I don't love money. I love God. But your actions ain't really saying that. He's a God of what you say. There's, even in the word it talks about there's plenty of people who use my name or do works for me, but their hearts are far from me. So a lot of us say that we love God and I don't love money, but your actions and everything that you do in your business is trying to secure the bag. But your soul is off. So in order for you to unlock wealth, you have to go straight to the source. And, and speaking of success, we got to first attack, like, what is our measuring stick or our definition of success? And we said that earlier, a lot of us look at success as whatever I'm able to accomplish, the impact I'm able to make, the, the, the numbers say success is and will always only be pleasing God. And God had to chin check me on this a few years ago because I was in Jeremiah. He had me reading Jeremiah, I was doing this Bible study, and I'm like, why am I in Jeremiah? It's out of order, for one. Is long and super repetitive, 
And it's depressing. Because Jeremiah just out here warning people and telling people stuff. It wasn't nobody listening to him. They tried to kill him. It was just all of this going on. Like, it wasn't a happy chapter to read. And I was like, well, God, why are you, why do you have me here? What's, the, what's going on? And he's like, I'm trying to change your definition of success. And this was like in the beginning of the year. He was like, because everything on your vision board is things. You want the, the uh, Porsche Panamera white? I also want a Bentley truck. I'm going to throw that out there. <laughs> Very specific. It was on there. That's what I wanted. You want the house in Potomac with the 10,000 square feet, the pool in the backyard? These are real things that I want. These are things that was on my vision board. I wanted the millions. I wanted all of this stuff. And God was like, you're chasing these things. All of your goals are in alignment with you getting this stuff. What about me? You're using me as an accessory to your business as opposed to me being the way, the truth, and the light. This episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast is brought to you by Liquid IV. Are you trying to drink more water? Liquid IV hydrates you two to three times faster and more efficiently than water alone, along with added bonuses of vitamin C, B3, B5, B6, and B12. As you guys know, I live in D.C. and it's starting to get super cold outside. Like last time I said chilly, but like right now, y'all, it's freezing. But believe it or not, a lot of people end up more dehydrated in the winter months. I personally cannot finish a bottle of water in the winter because it just makes me colder. And cold weather tends to make us more likely to miss the signs of dehydration and less likely to refill our water bottles. Liquid IV can provide the same hydration as drinking two to three bottles of water. It's a healthy alternative to traditional sugary sports drinks. It has no artificial flavors or preservatives like Pedialyte or Gatorade. It even contains five essential vitamins, including more vitamin C than an orange and as much potassium as a banana. I love Liquid IV and I know you will too. Right now, my listeners get 25% off liquidiv.com when you use my code BLESSED at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order, you guys, on Liquid IV website. Go to liquidiv.com and enter promo code BLESSED to get your savings and start getting better hydration. That's liquidiv.com, promo code BLESSED. Don't wait. Start properly hydrating today. (laughs) Let's get back to the show. Jeremiah was successful. He was poor. Ain't nobody like him, but he was successful. Why? Because he was obedient to God. And that's where a lot of us miss it. We say we love God. We say that we want to do his will. We say that God is the CEO, but all of your actions say that you actually love money and wealth and success or your definition of that more than you love pleasing God. You say you love him, but you don't do what he say. Ah, that don't really add up. Love is not only a noun, it's a verb as well. So the first thing before we can even get to to poverty breaking, before we can even get to the wealth, is we have to do a mindset shift on what wealth actually is and what, more importantly, what it is not. There are so many people, we'll get to a scripture about that, who have so many things and broken. So much money, so much influence, so much stuff that we look at and we value, but they're not happy. They can't even be by themselves. Big old house and ain't nothing in it. Stuff but no love. 
So again, you guys, we have to love God and not money. When I was growing up, I told y'all my mother was successful in a network marketing company. And I grew up in a house where we loved money and we acknowledged God. So where we was in church on Sundays, I had no choice. My mother was like, if you can go to the club on the weekend, you can go to church on Sunday. That was just the, the rule in our household. We was in church on Sundays, but nobody was really living a life that was pleasing to God. We had all the stuff. Like, I'm a one that would find this magazine. We was in a successful home magazine. Us, we got the Range Rovers, the Mercedes, this half a million dollar home in PG County. It's beautiful. They built it from the ground up. All of this stuff. No God. Or if you look at the interview, it's, oh, God got me here. God got me here. No, y'all don't even pray for real. You're not even, you're, you're chasing this money, but our relationship messed up because I don't, you, we don't know each other. Because you were so busy, you were so busy chasing success and accumulating all of these things to now I look good, but I'm broken on the inside. Where I don't even know you and you don't know me. But I know all the five-star restaurants you can eat at in D.C., though. So growing up in that environment, I, I unconsciously took that into business because I saw what successful business was. I saw what being wealthy in that sense and having all the money was, but I didn't see what pleasing God was. And God had to deal with me and shift my mindset of success is not things. It's pleasing me. And until you get on board with pleasing me, I'm not going to give you what it is that you want. And if you get it, you're going to ruin it and make your situation worse off because you didn't do what I say. Because I talked about it earlier. Eventually, he's going give, give to give you to it. You thinking you get the money, the money getting you. Because you're not pleasing God. So turn with me to Luke 16, 13. And we're going to go to a couple different scriptures. And write it down if you don't turn to it because we got to get out of the habit of taking people's word for it. Go find the scripture that they're talking about. Don't be sitting in nobody's pulpit just being manipulated because you want to be wealthy. That's not what we're talking about here. This ain't no prosperity message to make you feel good and make you go out there and get everything. No, this is about getting you closer to God and all of that other stuff is going to happen as a result of that. You're not going to pimp God into getting something. That's not what we're about. And there's too many people that are in the pulpit with no power, doing all these performances with no real power. And it's not enough of us holding them accountable because we're not fact-checking. We're not testing the spirit. The Bible says to test the spirit. If somebody's talking to you and they say it says this and this and they don't say that, something's wrong. But you don't even know because you might even checked. So whatever scripture I tell you, me, like write it down. Luke 16, 13, I'm going to read it out the uh, NIV version. It says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. The thing about this faith walk is it's an open book test. Everything that we want from God, everything that we desire, there's an answer already there. If you desire wealth, there's an answer already there. If you want to know what it means or where God fits and making him the CEO or you being wealthy, it fits with him being above everything. Because you can't love him and money. You can't. There's a difference between kingdom success and worldly success. Kingdom success gives you the money, the things, as well as peace that surpasses all understanding, as well as joy, as well as your kids loving you, as well as you being a good 
is in addition to you being a good steward over your household, you being a good fixture in the community, you serving God, all of that stuff is promised to us. But we be feeling like I can't have it all. Like I got to chase the bag. I got to chase. No, if you pursue God, he will supply all your needs and he will give you the desires of your heart. But we can't love both him and money. I even see people make business decisions like any people that I see on social media, they always got something for sale that's like $20. Buy this for $20, $20, $20. The next thing, something else, 20 Like, why are you selling all these low-cost? Like, what are you really doing? What is the real business? Like, what, what are you actually offering? But it's just, let me offer something cheap to a lot of people to make a quick buck. That's a hustler's mentality, not a servant of God. I'm not a hustler. I'm obedient to God. And because I'm obedient to God, I get to do less work and make more money. So we, again, we cannot love both God and money. I want us to turn to 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 through 10. Let's say it one more time. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 through 10. I'm going to read it in both the NLT version and the message version. I think the message version does a good job of bringing light to a lot of like the core principles. But it's also important that when you are reading the word that you are reading it in different translations to kind of see what, which one sits with you. You know, sometimes you got to go old school, go to the King James version. Sometimes the message version helps. And then as you mature, you can go to something more simple. But always read scriptures in like different translations. So it says in verse six, yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. So we have enough, if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. But people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money, not money, but the love of money, is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. And I'm going to read it in the, the message version too. A devout life does bring wealth, but it's the rich simplicity of being yourself before God. Since we entered the world penniless and we will leave it penniless, if we have bread on the table and shoes on our feet, that's enough. But if the only money these leaders are after, but if it's only money that these leaders are after, they'll self-destruct in no time. Nothing but trouble. Going down that path, some lose their footing in their faith completely and live to regret it bitterly ever after. In this, God is telling you the consequences of loving money. It's destruction, it's trouble. Is destroy. I don't want to be destroyed, y'all. I don't. So like I said, this is an open book test. We got to shift our perspective. And what I love about the message version, it says a devout life brings wealth. A devout life does bring wealth. But it's the rich simplicity of being yourself before God. So it's saying, yes, if you follow God, you will be wealthy. But it's your contentment. That is going to make you wealthy, if that makes sense. So it's not 
the acts, it's not the, the strategies all the time, it's not the who we could meet, it's not the, the, the reach that we have, it's not the products and services, it's a devout life brings wealth, but it's the rich simplicity of being yourself before God. How awesome is that? That we could simply be ourselves before God and he will make us wealthy. When we talk about earlier having business meetings with God, that's what that's about. Being yourself before God. God, I don't know what I'm doing. You've called me to this area of, of business, ministry, whatever. I know that you called me to be wealthy. I don't know how to acquire it. What do you want me to do? That's you being yourself before God. You being vulnerable before God. And he will tell you what to do. And it's so crazy how things will, will come together. Like, I think about the podcast. I, God didn't tell me to start the podcast. I wanted to start a podcast. But God used it in a way that I would have never even thought. To the point where when I first started the show, I just wanted to start it because I was looking for a show that talked about the journey of entrepreneurship. I was tired of hearing people who were like, on their elitist stage, I'm so successful, here's how to be successful like me. I wanted people who were just building something from nothing to just tell me how it is. That's all I wanted. And I couldn't find it, so I created it. Then after doing that, God started to say, give me instructions, um, get rid of the co-host, change this, change the name, do these things. And I was just doing them. Talk about this this week, and I'll talk about that that week. In my business meeting with God, what we doing next? Talk about this. Okay, I'll talk about that. Within the first month of changing to Blessed and Bossed Up, the numbers doubled. I was like, oh, this worked. Because at first, I didn't, I didn't think so. I was like, who wants to talk about... God in, in business, that's not really how we're taught. It was always you leave business stuff business and you keep ministry or, or God stuff in the church. It was never intertwined in that way. And so I was like, um, I don't really think this is going to work, but all right. When I said I was going to follow you, I meant it. So all right, I'm going to do it. It has to work at this point because I'm putting all of my eggs in your basket. Fast forward this past week, I go to New Jersey. On, on our way to Atlanta, I get a text message from a friend of mine that um, CNBC, the network, was looking for a podcast producer to produce a business show that they were putting together. And I just looked at it and started laughing. Because it it's like, only God, this will happen like when you follow God. Like this, this, The things that happen are just hilarious because it's like, ain't no way. So I was like, okay, well, let me, let me not even get too excited. Let me focus on Atlanta because I got to do what God sent me there to do. That's my main priority. We'll worry about this later. Soon as we came home, the next day, I got everything they needed together. I reached out. Um, I had a call like a few weeks later or maybe, no, a few days later I had a call. So then that led to the other day going to New Jersey for this meeting. So I'm in this place like feeling like, what in the world? And I talked a good game too, because before we got into like the uh, before I went into the building, my husband he he drove me there. He was like, "All right, look, remember these are like regular people, so don't get in there feeling small." I was like, Tuh. I ain't feeling small. Do they know who I am? Like I take, I got God with me. I'm about to go in here and kill it. Like I had myself in that mode because I wasn't going to go in there and be acting like I don't belong there. That's a benefit I got. I don't, I don't know these people. They all white and they all men. So I never seen y'all day in my life. It's only God that got me here. I don't roll in your circles. I'm from PG County. Everybody black. I went to an HBCU where everybody was black. 
I just, you know, y'all circles and my circles just ain't been the same. This could only have been God. And so um, I'm in like the lobby. And so y'all watch Shark Tank. Yes. So Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful, like walks out. And I was like, oh. <laughs> like get a little head <laughs> but I was like losing it on the inside so the guy comes and gets me and um and so we go up to like the little meeting rooms or whatever and so we talking and they asking me about like my podcast experience and stuff and so on my resume I put like um the stats of the show for like other shows that I've like worked on and stuff like that and they're like wow um our podcast don't even get these type of numbers. How are you able to do that? So I start laughing. I'm like, y'all don't even know. In my mind, I'm like, if like on the external, I'm out there like, yeah, well, you know, the strategy was yada yada yada. In my mind, I'm like, y'all don't even know. But we're having, they're just so impressed. Like, you've been able to do what? Wow, like our show isn't even listed in the top what's hot in the business podcast our show isn't even a top nothing dang we don't even reach half of these numbers and they're impressed with me and i'm sitting there like following god saying yes to what god has has told me to do when he said that i would make a a seat at the table for you he meant that searching for no opportunities. I wasn't Googling producer jobs. I wasn't looking for none of that. And the best part is it's like something that you have to do that I have to spend a lot of time with, but it's freelance. I ain't your employee. Like, I'm going to come here and do what I got to do and go home because I'm not aborting my mission for you either. So don't think because you you called me and you CNBC that I'm going to stop what God is doing when he the one who got me here. It's not going to happen. But just being in that space, I was like, oh my God. You can't tell me loving God don't work. And then the money is like it's easy money. I'm doing what God has had me doing for the last two and a half years, and y'all are just going to pay me for it and pay me good money for it. And I still got all my other stuff going on. Cha ching. (laughs) And God has blessed me to to be able to put people in place, so now my business is able to still run without me being as hands on. And I'm like, man, if more people would just stay in the waiting season and not abort the mission because it don't look the way that you want it to look. I remember when all I had was a, a journal, a podcast, and a book trying to figure out how was this a business. And now I'm in a room with people trying to figure out who I am. And you got the nice little job. You got the good LinkedIn page where you're in the newsroom smiling with your little glasses on. <laughs> or not does not matter to me it's what it represents yeah. it's the lesson that I learned if it's for me it'll be mine right. I did my part if it's for me it'll be mine if it's not that's cool too I'm still blessed but just the simple fact of following God got me into these places with these rooms with people of high places where somebody I watch on TV every day just walking past like it's not been saying hey 
This episode is brought to you by Native. Native creates safe, simple, effective products that people use in the bathroom every single day. They create products with trusted ingredients and trusted performance. Native products are made in the USA with ingredients thoughtfully sourced from around the world. Native deodorants came with me on the God is my CEO tour as you guys are listening to one of the recordings. I took it to every stop with me. And at these events, it's a long event. It's a lot of time on our feet, um, a lot of, of, of energy being given, a lot of hugging and being around people and pouring into people. And that can make you kind of sweaty. But Native hung with me throughout the whole entire tour. And I couldn't believe how even after a long event, it was still dry and it still smelled good. Native has over 9,000 five-star reviews. I personally have, and I keep buying, (laughs) the lavender and rose scent, and I just love it. I can't believe how long it lasts. It smells good, and even at the end of a long day, like I said, it still smells good. It's still dry, and it hasn't worn off. And one of the things I appreciate about Native is that they're aluminum-free, They're filled with ingredients found in nature, such as coconut oil and shea butter. Y'all know us black girls love us some coconut oil and shea butter. And even tapioca starch, which um, is actually used to absorb wetness. And although Native is priced at a slight premium when compared to conventional deodorants, it's both safe and effective. For 20% off your first purchase, visit nativedeodorant.com and use promo code BLESSED during checkout. Again, for 20% off your first purchase, visit nativedeodorant.com and use promo code BLESSED during checkout. That's nativedeodorant.com, promo code BLESSED for 20% off your first purchase. Let's get back to the show. But again, this is why we have to love God and not money. Because loving with by loving God, all of those things are going to come. All of the money is, is, is going to come. I remember, like, account on E, like, if there was, like, negative credit cards ran up because I ain't had nothing else. Got to humble myself and ask my boyfriend at the time, like, I can't even get my nails done. I can't even pay this bill. Like, what? I'm I-N-D-E-P. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm an independent woman, and I'm out here saying I'm following God, but I got to, like, humble myself in these ways that's uncomfortable. And so just to think about that, to think about how hard it was to wake up some mornings like, ugh, again? I don't even feel like going through these emotions again today. Like, just trying to get back into bed. Like, then I got to do this podcast and talk too? Like, God, why you got me doing all of this stuff? But he said, trust me. I said, all right. Made it to one day, made it to the next day. And those days accumulated. And the things started changing. Things started coming. And it's just... So crazy how just everything that he's blessed me with, everything that I saw is so negative, made me qualified to be able to do the things that I'm doing. When it came, even like with the media company, he just, God just gave me the idea for that in May. We got two sold out retreats at the end of the year, working on the show in LA. Yeah, we're gonna do it for free for six months. That's nothing, that's an investment in myself. Cause as soon as you see those numbers, that please believe they always come in that seventh month. <laughs> and, and you gonna pay my work because I proved it. So just again, you guys, you have to love God and not money. The money will come. It will come. And we're gonna get into some more scriptures that's gonna explain that. But I also want to want to just drive this point home a little bit more 
Turn with me to Mark 10, 17 through 31. Again, that's Mark 10, 17 through 31. And I'm going to read out the message version. And this is about a rich man who had all the stuff, but he is not about to enter into God's kingdom. It says, as he went out into the street, talking about Jesus, a man came running up, greeting him with great reverence and asked, good teacher, what must I do to get eternal life? Jesus said, why are you calling me good? No one is good, only God. You know the commandments, don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't lie, don't cheat, honor your father and mother. He said, teacher, I have it from my youth. I've kept them all. Jesus looked at him hard in the eye and loved him. He said, there's one thing left, though. Go sell whatever you own and give it to the poor. All your wealth will then be heavenly wealth. And come and follow me. Verse 22 says, the man's face clouded over. This was the last thing he expected to hear, and he walked off with a heavy heart. He was holding on tight to a lot of things and not about to let go. He was holding on tight to a lot of things and not about to let go. Looking at his disciples, Jesus said, do you have any idea how difficult it is for people who have it all to enter God's kingdom? The disciples couldn't believe what they were hearing, but Jesus kept on. You can't imagine how difficult. I'll say it's easier for a camel to go through a needle's eye than for the rich to get into God's kingdom. That set the disciples back on their heels. Then who has a chance at all, they asked. Jesus was blunt. No chance at all if you think you can pull it off by yourself. Every chance in the world if you let God do it. Think about that. No chance at all. If you think that you could pull it off by yourself, every chance in the world if you let God do it. So Peter tried another angle. He said, we left everything and followed you. Jesus said, mark my words. No one who sacrifices houses, brothers, sisters, mother, father, children, land, whatever, because of me and the message will lose out. Internalize that, y'all. Put whatever you sacrificed here where it says houses, brothers, and things. No one, let's say, mark my words, no one who sacrifices their job, who sacrifices their comfortability, who sacrifices everything that they've known, whatever, because of me and the message will lose out. They'll get it all back, but multiplied many times in homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and land. Put yourself in there too. But also in troubles. I mean, it's clear here, we don't have to go through some stuff, right? But no, again, nothing that you sacrifice because of God and the message will, nobody who sacrifices because of God and the message will lose out. They'll get it all back, but multiply many times. And then the bonus of eternal life. This is once again the great reversal. Many who are first will end up last, and the last will be first. Some of you guys think that because you've given up so much for God, because you have given up your comfortability, maybe money, whatever, to follow him, that somehow that you, you are going to miss out. That because you dropped everything that you were used to, everything that made you comfortable to follow God, that somehow you're going to miss out. He said, what? Mark my words. Hold me accountable that nothing 
that you sacrificed for me and my message. That watch what I give it right back to you and then some. Watch I give it right back to you and then some. But so many of us abandoned because of the sacrifice. Because we start putting our trust now in money. We're looking at money or lack thereof. We're looking at our circumstances and thinking we're in last place. But he said the last shall become first. So it's important that we change our mindset and put ourselves in a position to understand that pleasing God would never be in vain. Everything you sacrifice is coming back to you in this son. He will give you double for your trouble. So before, again, before we can even get to the poverty breaking, we got to get into the right state of mind. That when I get into this spiritual fight, I'm getting back everything. If I drop everything right now, and we're going to talk about counting the cost in a bit, when I drop everything right now to follow God, I'm getting it all back. So you have to count on that. That's how you encourage yourself in these seasons where it seems like it's not working out. I couldn't, like, I swear, like, that waiting season was so brutal. Because it seemed like everything I'm doing in vain, like I'm barely pulling myself together to talk for an hour on this show. But he said, because you were faithful, because you did what I told you to do with my people, I'm going to expand your territory. I'm taking you to the nations because you were able to handle a four city tour, I'm going to take you to the nations. Because you did what I said, because you sacrificed. I remember even this tour, when he gave me the idea, it was like last year, before my wedding, so what, no money, like, already ain't had nothing, but it really wasn't nothing, like, with the wedding, because I don't know if any of y'all had weddings before, but listen, listen, whole nother category, like, it's crazy, but I was like, how is this going to get paid for? You got to sign contracts and pay money before a ticket is even sold, and it's not being cheap. We paid for four people to travel all over the country, it's not cheap. So I'm like, hold on now, God. Like, how, how is this going to work? Like, the money is not looking right. I didn't have no media company back then. I went in no CNBC meeting back then. I was at home, crying, dropping out with the rose going over my life. But he, but I trusted him. And here we are with more than enough. Ain't no bill going paid. Ain't no, no contract getting broken. Ain't nobody. I mean, I had to cut some costs because I was like, listen, this is. These couches cost like $1,000, so they got to go. Like, <laughs> $1,000 in every city is a little much. But like we made adjustments, but it wasn't out of lack. It was our responsibility. It was being responsible. But there was nothing that God had called me to do in this tour that we were not able to do. But I said yes before I even saw the resources for it. So because I put my trust in him and because I followed him and was obedient to him, he gave me more than I could ask for. We're able to do whatever. We could come here, spend the whole week if we wanted to, we'll go do a whole bunch of stuff. Like, we could do whatever we want. Back when it seemed like we would, could barely go out to eat. So again, you guys, like the key, the biggest key, the biggest key is to love God and our money. Because anything else I'm talking about is not even going to matter if we don't get past step one. Step two, or key number two, to being a poverty breaker is you have to become a fighter. And not the nook if you book kind. <laughs> you have to become a fighter in the spirit. There's so many of us who are externally tough, but spiritually soft. If somebody was to come at you right now and like push you, 
you would be like, what? Like, hold on. Like, what you doing? But the enemy just backhanded us all over the place, and we're not doing anything about it. Being a poverty breaker means it's time for you to stand in the gap for your bloodline. It means it's time for you to go to war. It means it's time for you to square up in the spirit and not be spiritually soft. To not let your feelings dictate if you're going to pray that day. Your children's children are counting on what you do right now. There are people who are attached to you to what you do right now. We got this whole group. Our one job is me, Ashley, who was on the podcast the other day, and like a few other people. And our job for this group is to fast and pray for the people that God has put us over. That's all we do. Everybody is a successful entrepreneur. We could talk about business all day. We probably would make a lot more money if we did that. But that's not what we're together for. We're here because everybody has platforms. I got the podcast, Ashley got YouTube, Courtney got a huge Instagram following. Um, this girl named W.E., she's doing a lot in like Africa and stuff like that. So there are a lot of like different places that are connected to us. And so we start praying these sorrow prayers like, oh God, if you would just pay this bill or God, I don't understand what's going on. My son is acting crazy. My head was just fine after the podcast was over. So you have to, have to become a fighter. Breaking generational curses aren't for the spiritually soft. It's not. It's real cute to say, like, I'm going to be the change maker in my family. I'm everything going to stop with me. Are you ready for that? Because it's time for you to square up. If so, it's not going to be easy. It's not something that you can just cry your way through. You cry, you better be speaking in tongues and crying. You better be fasting and crying. You better be declaring the word and crying. But to just lay down and take it, what? God built us for tough. Like, for us to be able to break these generational curses, we cannot be spiritually solved. We cannot. Go to Luke 10, 19. And these are just a couple of my favorite scriptures. So I'm going to read that one first. Luke 10, 19. It says, Behold, I have given you the authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall hurt you. Matthew 18, verses 18 through 19. Matthew 18, verses 18 through 19. It says, truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. We didn't get up and write on our expectations and hold hands because it was cute. We did it because we were fighting for what God wanted to do and for what he wanted you to receive today. If anything, if the scripture says that nothing shall hurt me, if something hurts, it is a liar, it is wrong, and it got to go. And I'm going to call it out because I have the authority. I don't have to go to somebody else. I don't got to go to the pastor for me to claim the victory over my marriage. No. I'm going to go straight on my face before God. If we're not on the same page, I'm going to God. I'm not beating down him. I'm not just going off on him, trying to get him to act right. I'm going straight to God. God, can you change his heart? Can you change my heart and my perspective of the situation? What do you want from this? I'm giving it to you. So it's important that we fight, you guys. We cannot be spiritually soft. Fight for everything that you want. You want that successful business? Go to war. God, I want success, but I don't want it without you. So what you need from me in this season? So that was point number two, you guys. Become a fighter. 
Key number three is stewardship. This is kind of hard. <laughs> Making more money ain't going to make you better with managing it. Some of us don't need more money. We need to be better stewards of what we have. We don't need more opportunities. We need to better leverage the ones that we have. We don't need to other platforms. We need to leverage the one that we have. I don't go to nobody else's show and be talking about nothing. Why? I got my own. I could speak and put it on the internet and reach 300,000 people like that. What I got to come to you for? Because by following God, I was able to build something that I could stand on and give him the glory for it. I didn't need an opportunity. I needed to be obedient. That's it. I didn't need to be applying everywhere or standing outside CNBC offices every day. I didn't do that. But you could, but you see value in me because of what God did. Stewardship is defined as the care, management, and handling of resources. It is defined as the care, management, and handling of resources. So I want to share with you a couple of ways you could be better stewards. Because I really think that this is just one we got to take and like apply. Because it's hard. It's something that requires action. First, count the cost. So 3A, count the cost. <laughs> and so the, the, the scripture I'm going to reference is um, Luke 14, 25 through 34. I'm going to read it out the message version, but this one is about counting the cost. And context-wise, though, this is actually talking about counting the cost to be a disciple of Jesus. So it's about him saying that you have to basically give up everything in order to follow me. But there are a couple scriptures within this story that I think really apply to business and something that we can use to be better stewards. So I'm going to skip down to verse 28. It says, is there anyone here who planning to build a new house doesn't first sit down and figure out the cost so you'll know if you can complete it? If you only get the foundation laid and then run out of money, you're going to look pretty foolish. Everyone passing by will poke fun at you. He started something he couldn't finish. Or you can imagine a king going into battle against another king without first deciding whether it is possible with his 10,000 troops to face 20,000 troops of the other. And if he decides he can't, won't he send an emissary and work out a truce? And so this, again, the context of this, though, is about being a disciple of God. But I think if we pull these out, this is a really good lesson as far as business is concerned. A lot of us have these goals and these ambitions and these ideas and things, and we don't know how to decipher. One, the first step to that is count the cost. How much does it cost you to do the thing that you're trying to do? When it comes to being a steward over your resources, you got to count the cost of the decisions that you're trying to make with the money. And this is kind of going back to like policies and procedures and things in your business because I was so used to for a while just having enough to kind of do the next thing. So then when we got to a point where the business was doing well and we had excess money to where it was like, well, I got more than enough. Now, what do I do to make better decisions so that I'm not only keeping the money I have, but I'm not like just throwing it away. And so one of the things that, that BJ does, BJ is a CPA and he's like in charge of all the finances in my business. And so one of the things he put in place was um, policies and procedures to where, like, I can't spend a certain amount of money without justifying it. So if I want to spend more than, like, $500, I got to justify why I want to spend that, how is that going to yield a return on the business. And by me sitting down and actually doing that, I'm like, I really don't need that. But that's counting the cost. What is this $500 going to make me? 
before I invest in any type of coaches or anybody to pour into me, I need to be able to clearly see how your, me investing in you is going to make me my money back. How am I going to get a return on investment? It's, it's not always about money, but how am I going to get a real return on investment by paying you? Because if it's not there, if it's all smoke and mirrors and you just got cute, you got a high following and cute graphics, that's not going to work for me. Because I need to know I'm getting back triple what I put into you. But that's about counting the cost, being a steward over what I have. I'm not saying, God, bless me with more money to invest in this person or bless me with more money to do this. I'm looking at what we have. Is it smart? How can I be a better steward over this? Like counting the cost of the financial decisions that are being made. So just a little business thing. If y'all got an accountant, get one. Because too many of us just out here thinking that we're going to be managing our finances well, and that's just not our ministry. That's why God made accountants. And Cousin Pookie and them uh, that don't know nothing that's just reading on TurboTax ain't going to cut it. Because they're not going to help you be able to make good financial decisions. Like there's laws and things that even Trump has put in place that are actually beneficial for entrepreneurs. But we don't, we don't know because we're doing them ourselves. So just some <laughs> off topic, but definitely get you an accountant or somebody for the finances. Because you need it. And I did an interview for the show that's going to air maybe in like two weeks where she talked about you need a wealth team. And that's not something that we talk about enough in business, a wealth team. And we were talking about this. The subject was home ownership as an entrepreneur. But she was talking about the importance of a wealth team, like a, a good accountant, um, a good realtor, a good lender, stuff like that. But that wealth team top thing just really sat with me different. And I think that's something that we could do as well to be a better steward. Instead of investing in this, this event or this coach or whatever right now because it feels good, let me get an accountant. And honestly, I don't think that accountants are really that expensive. It depends on what they're doing. Like if they're just managing your books, that's really not as expensive. Um, but if they're giving you like financial advice, it's probably more. But that's something that you really need because that's going to help you be a better steward. So again, you guys, make sure that you're counting the cost in your business. This episode is brought to you by one of my favorite resources to learn about anything, Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of amazing classes covering dozens, y'all, of creative and entrepreneurial skills, dozens of life skills. Skillshare literally has a class for absolutely anything. And, and actually, since we're preparing for 2020, whatever your goals are, I highly suggest that you write them down and then go to Skillshare because if you name it, they've got a class for it. I used Skillshare recently with a client to show her how to edit her podcast. They have tutorials on each of the editing softwares that we use for podcasting. And so if any of you guys are looking to start your own show, go to Skillshare because they have classes to teach you how to edit your content, anything that you want to learn how to, to refine your skills on or anything in your business that you're looking to get better on go to Skillshare, you guys. Join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer for my listeners. You get two months of Skillshare for free. That's right. Skillshare is offering blessed and bossed up listeners two months, two 60 whole days of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. 
To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash blessed. Again, go to Skillshare.com slash blessed to start your two months now. That's Skillshare.com slash blessed. Let's finish off the show. The next principle under the um, stewardship subject is the Joseph principle. So read Genesis, and I'm not even going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to reference it, but write down Genesis 41. So to make a long story short, Joseph um, was in jail, and he met these two guys, and he was like interpreting their dreams or whatever. And so they ended up getting out of jail, and when they said they got out of jail, they was going to help him get out. They didn't, and so he was still in jail. Fast forward, they, uh, the Pharaoh at the time kept having these dreams. And the dreams, it was like, um, I can't remember the specifics, but it was basically like seven of abundance and a seven of like lack, and then the lack was eating the abundance. And so he had the two dreams back to back. And um, the guys remember, oh, we met this dude Joseph in jail who, who, who interpreted our dreams pretty accurately. Let's go get him. So they went and got him, and he interpreted the dreams, basically saying that there's going to be seven years of prosperity, and there's going to be seven years of famine. But these prosperity years is when we're, we need to prepare for the famine. Because in the famine, because we prepare during this time, we'll be able to not only help our community, but help everybody else. And so Joseph saved one-fifth of everything. That's 20%. That's a stewardship rule. Save 20%. We know there's a, a, a recession coming. It's coming. It don't got to affect you if you're a steward. I'm recession-proof as far as I'm concerned. I'm, I'm waiting for it. Because, shoot, if the housing price is going down, let's go ahead and get up in there and buy a house for the low. And with a recession over there, property value go up. I'm cool with a recession because it don't affect me. So this is a way that you allow yourself to be prosperous during that famine, 20%. 20%. That's the Joseph principle. And it's funny because this is something that I started implementing recently. I was reintroduced to this principle a few months ago, and I started implementing it in my business to where I get a salary out of my business. And so I kind of do whatever I want to do through my salary, not necessarily the business. So I'm looking at like my salary, and I'm like, yo, all right, I'm about to implement this, uh, this Joseph principle, so I'm going to save 20% every time I get paid every two weeks, which sucks. Like, I keep trying to ask BJ to pay me every week, because you're like, no. But, um, but yeah, anyway, I get paid every two weeks, and so I'm looking like, okay, I'm saving 20% every time. And so God checked me recently because I wanted to buy these Louis Vuitton boots, and I'm, they are so cute, I'm trying to tell you. They are so cute. And, um, and so I was like, and God was like, Ain't you trying to, isn't one of your financial goals to boost your retirement account? Isn't one of your financial goals, like in the next three to four years, to buy a home on your own and use that as an investment property? Like, would you, why, why are you doing that? I'm like, dang, but these boots is cute, though. <laughs> I deserve these boots. I've been out here obeying you for all the time. Can I get something nice? God, like, girl. <laughs> And so I was like, okay, how can I be a better steward? I'm like, all right, I'm gonna keep using this 20%, I'm gonna keep putting aside this 20%, then at the top of the year, I'm gonna take the money, I'm gonna put it into a high return investment account. Savings accounts ain't gonna really make you no money for real. So I'm gonna take this and put it into like an investment account with a really good interest rate and just allow that to continue to multiply to get me further towards that goal. And then we'll revisit the resources then to be like, okay, now what do I need to do for the housing goal? But that's like three to four years from now. And so I'm looking, I'm steward. I'm not saying God give me more money so I can boost my retirement account. 
I'm using this principle, stewardship. I'm looking at what I have. And how can I make better use of what I have to build the wealth that I want to build, to build a retirement account to where if I never want to open my mouth again, I'm financially fine. And that's something that we don't talk about enough as entrepreneurs and how to sustain. We shouldn't have to be getting jobs to get a house and all this stuff. Like, that's not how that works. You should be able to live off of the money you make from your business. But we have to be better stewards again. So the Joseph principle is something that you guys should really start implementing. Lastly, in this is tithing. Yes. Give that 10%. Some of y'all yes. like, mm. give the 10%. Yes. Give the 10%. Yes. God says in Malachi, the same scripture everybody used with tithing, um, about bringing the tithes into the storehouse, but it says, and test me on this. I don't see too many places in the Bible where he say, test me. He said, test me on this and see if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you don't have room enough to store it. So when I tithe, I'll be like, listen, God, you said, because then when you make more money, them tithing chains get a lot bigger. Okay? I'm like, ooh, this, this ain't like a couple hundred dollars no more. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this getting a little bit bigger. But I, and even like the enemy really tried me in the last couple months because we were in between churches. So where my money gonna go? So I'm like, so then he was like, you might as well just hold on to it till you find it. Now if I hold on to it, listen, the Lord ain't through with me yet. If I hold on to it, the Louis Vuitton books might get bought. So I'm like, nah, God, where do you want this money to go? Even more dependent, who am I sending it to? And every month he told me exactly where to send it. But traditional, tradition in old school churches would tell you like, you gotta give it to a church. God had me blessing people. And it was no greater feeling than to call somebody and say, hey, I just put a few thousand dollars in your account. And they like, excuse me? Yeah. It's, it's just, I'm telling you, like, I even gave it to my grandmother's church the first time. And she, they were old school Baptist church, like still building fun, everybody in there over 65, like old school, old school. And, um, but they all just love God. They still have fish fries and everything to raise money. Like, it's old school. But they just, just old people who love God. And God said, give the money to your grandmother's church. I'm like, all right. So I called her and was like, hey, like, how do I give? They didn't even have a way to give online. She was like, go to the store, get, a, uh, I mean, go to the bank, get like a check, and then mail the check. I was like, girl, what? It's 2018. I'm not going to get no checks. <laughs> I'm like, look, what y'all go to pay? Like, what you need? I'll walk you through how to figure out how to do online giving. She's like, okay, 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 I'll figure it out. So she called like the treasurer or whatever they had their little meeting. <laughs> <laughs> and they set it up to where you could pay online. So she called, she was so excited because they never had been able for people to pay online before. And so I was like, cool, I'm going to get to y'all this month. She was like, all right, I don't think she expected how much I was going to get. So she gave, so I gave it and then she called me and was like, Tatum. I was like, hey girl. She was like, did you hit like a wrong button? I was like, what? She's like, did you like hit something wrong? Like, I don't think that you were supposed to give me that or give us that. I'm like, no, I hit the right button. Like God told me to give and I wanted to, to give my tops to y'all this month. And she was just like, she just started crying. Oh my God, I'm shaking. I'm like, first of all, you need to calm down. Like, whoa, don't need no issues now. Like, relax. <laughs> And so um, she just began to tell me, like, 
we didn't know, like, the air was broke. It was, like, super hot in D.C. at this time, like, 90-something degrees every day. Everybody in there, oh, like I said, like, she was saying just the air was broken. We didn't know how we was going to make payroll. We were just really just believing in God for a miracle. And she was like, and now we have everything that we need and then some. And I was just like, wow. And I tell that story because I think so many people doubt tithing because you're worried about the wrong things. It's not about any of that you're worried about. It's about giving God back what's his. And if you don't have a church home, being able to lean on him about where you should send your funds. I didn't even think about them when it came to that. But he used me to like bless them. And I, again, I'm not, I'm not trying to get on no platforms and be out here playing with God. Like, it's not going to happen. So a way to be a steward is to tithe. When you tithe, you have tithers' rights. You put the, your finances in, like, this protector when you tithe. And he doesn't just bless you financially, but he blesses you in other ways. But tithing is something that we need. And a lot of us, the reason why it seems like we can't keep money every time we get it is spit, something always happened, the car break down, window, but like whatever, is because you're not tithing. Tithe and see what happens. Test him on that. He said it. So um, that was point number three. You guys are key number three is stewardship. So to recap, key number one is love God and our money. Key number two, become a fighter. Key number three is stewardship. And if you want the A, B, and C, A is count the cost. B is the Joseph principle. And C is tithing. And number four is multiplication. If you want to be a poverty breaker, you have to be able to multiply yourself and the resources that you have. And this is something that you really have to seek God on. And because of time, I'm just going to give you the scripture reference instead of reading it. Matthew 25, 14 through 30. And this is the, the people with the talents. Matthew 25, 14 through 30. And in this story, in a message Bible, it, it titles it The um, Investments. So some people call it people with the talents, but it, in this particular version that I like, they call it the investments, where God gave one this amount, that amount, that amount. And let me, I'm actually, I'm going to read it. I'm not even going to play. So 14, starting with verse 14, it says, it's also like a man going off of an extended trip. He called his servants together and delegated responsibilities. So one, he gave $5,000 to another 2000 to a third 1000 depending on their abilities. Then he left. Right off, the first servant went to work and doubled his master's investment. The second did the same. But the man with the single thousand dug a hole and carefully buried his master's money. After a long absence, the master of those three servants came back and settled up with them. The one he gave $5,000 showed him how he had doubled his investment. His master commended him, great work, you did your job well. From now on, be my partner. The next one said, or verse 22 says, the servant with the 2,000 showed how he also had doubled his master's investment. The, his master commended him, good work. You did your job well. From now on, be my partner. The servant he gave the 1,000 said, listen how many words he used. Master, I know you have set high standards and hate careless ways, that you demand the best and make no allowance for error. 
I was afraid I might disappoint you, so I found a good thing, a good hiding place, and secured your money. Here it is, safe and sound, down to the last cent. The master was furious. That's a terrible way to live. It's criminal to live cautiously like that. If you knew, if you knew I was after the best, why did you do less than the least? The least you could have done would have been to invest a sum with the bankers where at least I would have gotten a little interest. Take the thousand and give it to the one who risked the most and get rid of this play it safe who don't go out on a limb. Throw him out into the darkness. I think this is a great story about multiplication. What is God able to tell you of how you're currently handling the things, your talents, as well as your finances? Is God able to tell you good work? You did your job well. From now on, be my partner. Or is he, or is he going to say you played it safe? You ain't. You did less than the least. So it's risky to follow God because we're going against what everybody say a good business owner should do. We're going against all the gurus in this in our various arenas. We're going against the status quo, but with risk comes great reward. So multiplication is so important. We have to partner with God to see how we could better multiply the things that he has. You could even look at your business and see what you can multiply. If I'm a coach, okay, I could do, I have my coaching programs, that's one revenue stream. I could speak for pay, that's another revenue stream. I could come up with some type of course or something that's a little bit more passive, but it still meets the needs of someone in my audience, that's a revenue stream. I could start a podcast, build it up to a certain amount, that's a revenue stream because I'll start making money with advertising and filtering more people into my business. If depending on what it is, I can maybe create some other products or something like that, another revenue stream. I can package my, my, mas my message into a book. That's another revenue stream. There's so many ways to multiply what we're doing. But you got to really have that business meeting with God and see, and see you gave me this. I don't want to just bury it. How can I multiply So again, everybody in this room is a poverty breaker. And these keys are going to be so important. And you, and your implementing of these keys is going to be so important of you changing the tide for your family, of you closing the door to any generational curses and opening the door to generational blessings. I'm going to run through them one, one more time. Number one is love God and not money. Number two, become a fighter. Number three, stewardship. And then number four, multiplication. So I want to give you guys, we've done this in every city, and it's just been such a blessing, that I want to give an opportunity for you guys, if you feel like anything I said connected with you, if you really want to leave some things here, like the altar is a place of change. We ain't got to be in no church to have no altar. God will meet you here. So if you want to come down, we're going to pray. Uh, what we're going to have you do is like hold hands. Um, BJ going to play some music. I'm going to pray over you guys. And then Kabaya is going to pray over you guys. And then we're going to be done. But I do want to give you guys an opportunity to come up. Anything you want to leave at the altar, we're going to leave it here. Because ain't nobody changing the way that they came. Okay? So feel free. I ain't going to put a gun to your head.